Well, he wants his tummy rubbed. Yeah. Smooth, yeah. All right. Uh, welcome to <laughs> Random Cinema, where this week we are talking about the Robert Rodriguez 2005 cinematic opera known as Sin- Cinematic Opera is a bit of a stretch. No, um, that's a good way to describe it. Sin City. Uh, Sin City. The adaptation of the Frank Miller graphic novel series that I have not read. Yeah, I've, I've tried to read it. I gave it a good try once, I think, but I, I just watched the movie instead. I was much more influenced by the movie. Yeah, I'm, my problem is I don't like Frank. Hot take. I don't, I don't really like, like Frank him Miller's either. Art. I know, Frank Miller's like, oh, I got mentioned on this little yeah. podcast. <laughs> he's and gonna, then he like, listens to it, out. he's going to be like, oh, they just shit on me. Yeah. No, uh, he, I like what Fantastic he writer. I like what Horrible he did for Batman. Boys. I like what he did for Batman. He allowed Batman to do some stuff and allowed other writers to go, "Oh, Batman's a fucking badass again." And then they, you know, we get the Batman we have now, which is a de- like a variant of that kind. I of honestly movie. wouldn't know. I haven't touched a Batman comic in five years. Really? Plus, that's... yeah, I haven't read a Batman comic in a long time. Uh, neither have I. I hate to admit that, but that's yeah. true. Neither have I. I don't um, go to the regular comic book shop that much anymore. Yeah, I really I'm don't. I should that, though. But... Anyways, back to the movie. Sin City was a gem <laughs> of the comic book world back, I think, in the, what, the 90s and early 2000s? Yeah. Pretty much-ish. Yeah. Actually, honestly, I wasn't very aware of Sin City until the movie came out. Yeah, I was saying, uh, like, I had no idea what it was. I flipped through, after <coughs> the movie came out, I flipped through it a few times. I wanted to like it. Yeah. But I just couldn't really get into it, you know? But it did it, honestly, though, Sin City, the movie, influenced heavily... How I dressed as a teenager. I dyed my hair black and like wore a trench coat and had like oh. fucking like black dress shirt on all the time. And I just I fucking was very influenced by that. Oh buddy. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. I rocked a trench coat. It was cool. Yeah. Although I will say, quoting here is that uh, this isn't the exact word for word quote, but Frank Miller did say once the trench coat is just as good as a cape. And so in his sto- in his stories that all the characters that are wearing trench coats are kind of like wearing capes. <laughs> He just remembered what Frank Miller looks like and usually wears. Mm-hmm. That's a Dora. very apt, uh, yeah, that's a very apt uh, saying. Yeah, I, okay. I have no doubt in my mind that he said it. Yeah, the director of this film is Robert Rodriguez, which has directed a couple of my favorite action films from the early yeah. 90s, which is cool. And I see his direction in this a lot. Yeah. It's also apparently also like consulted, like directing but by consultancy, Frank uh, Miller. Yeah, uh, also, uh, Quentin Tarantino gets a special One director. Scene. Yeah. yeah, he directed I, a scene. I wrote him out on that, too, like Quentin Tarantino, because he does direct one scene for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah, for a buck. He's like, oh, yeah! And that's the scene where Dwight and uh, Jay, or Jack uh, Rafferty, where the fuck it is, his name, Benicio Del Toro's character, and Dwight, uh, or, uh, yeah, and, and Clive Wow, Owens. Clive Owen. You ever had your tongue turn on itself trying yeah. to talk? Is it when he's... Is, we'll, we'll talk about it more in depth later, but is yeah. it when they're in the car? Yep. Okay. That was Tarantino's Yeah. Stuff. He did all that, so yeah. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it has got a few directors. Yeah, uh, there's like a couple said. But uh, yeah, it very... Right off the bat, very visually striking, because it's done in black and white. This movie is the epitome of style. Like, it's just stylized. It is. All the way through. Super stylized. There's moments where it's so stylized, you can kind of just tell you're not really looking at a real thing. You're just like, this is a fucking green room. We're in a giant green room, which is fine. You know? They they made Star Wars movies called green rooms. Those were amazing films. For sure. Um, (laughs) But it does, you have to admit that it does work for the noir aspects of the the book, of the story. Well, this was apparently... yeah, this was like a, apparently a word for word and almost like like page for page like oh yeah there translation. is a panel like, to page uh, or a panel to screen mm-hmm. like shot for shot parts in this for sure like there's some because I remember flipping through and stopping and being like is that a still from the movie like is this a movie edition <laughs> yeah because they uh, they tried to make it ex- almost exactly like it right and like yeah. it's like shot for shot almost exactly like the book and I think that sometimes makes the dialogue a little tough. There's moments where it's like, all right, that dame. Makes the action a little tough sometimes, too. Because it gets a little unbelievable. There's moments where it's like, okay. It's like, I have a pretty high suspension. I have a pretty high suspension for disbelief. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'll I'll go with the story, but sometimes I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Is he a superhero? There is a point I made about that where I said, like, basically, this is Frank Miller's version of the anti-superhero comic. Like, the okay. criminals are the good guys, 
the cops and the religious people are the fucking bad guys, and it's a in a city overrun with chaos of various characters that have various motivations. Like, but like trench coats yeah. are kind of like capes, you know, and like everybody has fucking video game health. Yeah. Because like nobody can be killed. Everyone can jump off rooftops, and fucking like. Yeah. It's these aren't real people. These are not real people. These are comic book characters with the, the, the powers of superheroes. Oh, but it's for sure. but it's not even really a thing. Not like the not like the ridiculous powers either, like Yeah, almost like everybody in this games and shit like that. Yeah. Almost your every basic strength and vulnerability. There's a lot of strength and a vulnerability and like high jump and shit. Like people can take whole clips and it's just they're in a coma now. Yeah. You know, or like get shot a bunch of times and be like flesh and walk it off. Like, these are action heroes yeah. from like an eighties to 50s noir. Yeah, my cat's going fucking berserk right yeah. now. Nobody's gonna hear it. Yeah. Fine. Moved into a new apartment. Cat's having a good time. Yeah. This is the first time he's had the zoomies, so this is cool. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think this is like Frank Miller's version of like the anti superhero world. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. You know? For sure. But then it's also now translated through the over the top action direction of Robert Rodriguez. So. Yeah. That's it's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good marriage of two kind of like visual, uh, I guess. I don't know, concepts? Yeah. You know, but there are times when the fucking... The action's like, no way. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, I will say... That as as far as comic book movies go, I enjoy this. But it's almost... They tried to do it again with the spirit. Oh, yeah. I remember that's it just didn't work. It's like... This film did actually very well. Yeah. It, at least it like it sold pretty. We well, got a sequel too. Yeah, and so to kill for it. But. Yeah, in 2014 apparently. It's a it's motivated me to watch that film because I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but yeah, no, it it then inspired Frank Miller to take full direction of being a director of his own film and to make The Spirit. And The Spirit is a fun train wreck to watch, but it is a bad film. Ah, uh, yeah, I find it. Super boring. It is very boring. I'm sorry, Frank, for coming at you hard this week. I know. Uh, I find it super boring. It is super boring. I remember I had it on Blu-ray, and I was like, this is the sh- this is a shitty movie. <laughs> this, is, this is shit. Yeah, it's not good, uh, before we get, Before we get too far, I do want to make a slight note about the version of the film we watched. Yeah, we, we uh, watched a, um, a, a privately procured copy from a uh, friend's uh, home release... Possibly, yeah, possibly fan-edited. Um, it was titled as an uncensored, unedited cut. Yeah. Um, which I, I would totally believe it. But the only reason I mention it is because it is a bit reshuffled and all the stories have their own segments and title cards and credits. Yeah, there was credits for every sequence and it seemed like all of the scenes were set up to mirror the comic book yeah. instead, in that order. Yeah, because I think Hardigan's storyline is divided. They told, like, yeah, they told whole, they told the whole story at once instead of breaking it up and yeah. having them weaving it out. Quick which note too, was okay. Nice to see Bruce Willis just like acting and doing well. You know, it I sucks that he got diagnosed with that like recent. I forget what it's called, but he like can't really. Yeah, his problems cognition and shit. But like, he was great in this. I was like, this is cool. Yeah, this is also two thousand five. Yeah, his story was also a little weird for me. When I was yeah. younger, when I watched Hardigan's story, I was like... That yellow bastard. Yeah. Which, first off, okay, I want to talk about one thing. The, st- the cast in this movie is fucking stacked. The overall casting yeah. throughout this whole movie from A to B, yeah. Yeah, just to name a few. Mickey Rourke is yeah. Marv. Bruce Willis is Hardigan. Jessica Alba is Nancy. Rosario Dawson is Gail. Clive Owen as Dwight. Elijah Wood as Kevin... Brittany Murphy, Devin Aoki. I don't know. She was in a couple movies around yep. that time. Fast and Furious as well. She's pretty cool, actually. Yep. Josh Hartnett, Benicio del Toro, Nick Offerman, yeah. Michael Clark yeah. Duncan. Rest in peace. Rudger Hauer is in this. Rudger Hauer, yeah. I'm just like, man. This movie was like this. Basically, to me, is akin to uh, kind of like you a missed Marv's therapist. Yes. What's her yeah. fucking name again? She's in a bunch of shit though. Yeah. Fuck, that's right. She was really good in this. <coughs> I do get a sense. But she's also she's also recognizable. Yes. She's she's at least a B character in a bunch I did of stuff. To write her down. Yeah, yeah, she's in a bunch of movies. I will say there is it's quite like a Carla lot. Something. Something is Esposito and is Italian. That's from Scrubs. Um, I'll look it up while you finish. Carla Guana. I'm a fucking asset. Anyway, yeah, this is basically like what I would call this is an actor's like this is an actor's piece. Yeah, like it's a collection of vignettes. It's something akin to like a stage play. 
it, it meets in the middle kind of that world and it's an actor's fucking wet dream like yeah. this is like okay every character and there's no small characters in this movie every character gets a moment to talk and have a little doop de doop which works when it's a written comic as a movie sometimes I'm like alright yeah <laughs> but it was still still fucking good but yeah it basically this is just actors getting to be actors which I kind of like sometimes the voiceover would would grain on me a little bit because there'd be some unnaturalistic dialogue here and there but I think that's just basically people basically people being like so Frank Miller wrote this and we've turned into a script and it's no word has been changed yeah and it's like ah you know yeah it um it didn't always it didn't always work effectively mm-hmm. uh, but it was always entertaining so it's, it's, uh, <coughs> the other actors sorry quickly um, the actress I was talking about was Carla Gigino there we go um, and you also missed Alexis Bledel fuck okay who yeah. went on to be fairly big uh, Jessica Alba I said Jessica Did you say Jessica Alba? I missed yeah. Jessica Alba. Yeah. Because there were so many there, there's, yeah, that there's, we overlooked some. It's stacked with people. Because there are even more that we recognize, like the Irish guy with the oh, cut yeah. cheeks. Yeah. And like all sorts, like it, it yeah. goes on. The list goes on. This movie has so many good actors in it. Yeah. Like it's kind of like in names, like fucking names. That's why when this came out, it blew like the box office open. Like yeah. it was... It was huge because they were like, and Bruce Willis was like front and center to advertise this thing. He was the biggest name I think they had in this was Bruce Willis. Yeah. You know, so it was fucking crazy. I will say, I know this is just Frank Miller, but like there's quite a lot of saying, don't test me, Dame, I'll hit you, and then hitting them. Yeah. And I was like, why are we just smacking women and is, is all the time? Yeah. And like, I, I get to that it's like the only good cop that existed left in all of like Sin City was Bruce Willis and after that after he dies there's no good cop any, anymore it wasn't though because we see an extended scene where like two other cops uh, go to see him in his hospital room and they're oh, like oh yeah and they're like we know you're faking it why aren't you like so much helping us there's a bunch of that are behind you yeah you know yeah so there's at least some good but like some good cops yeah we see all the all the people who have any real power are corrupted as hell mm-hmm. And I get that, like, he's he's pushing 60, and then he spends, like, what, eight years in prison? And so he's, like, pushing 70. Can we... We have to talk about that. Can we talk about that, please? Because um, I was watching it, and I was like, I'm uncomfortable with this relationship. Yeah. Okay. Quick quick rundown of... Let's talk about Hardigan's The story. story. Yeah. Let's talk the about The first Hardigan. vignette, that yeah. yellow bastard. That yellow bastard. Uh, Hardigan... Finds out his uh, partner is crooked and yeah. supplying like a child serial killer, rapist, pedophile with the victims. Thing, the theme I like is it seems in all of Sin City there is like a, a bunch of wealthy families and then the religious like the Rourke family. Yeah, that like even even the religious guys are Rourke. Yeah, so the Rourke family are all crooked and they all own the city and they're all evil bastards that get away with yeah. murdering and, and raping whoever the fuck they want and everyone just suffers against their like greater wheel of manufacturing their money and empire and blah 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 yeah and and like the child the cops, rapist serial killer whatever is the heir to the political side of that relationship because yeah. I believe the Rourke's are two brothers a senator and an archbishop yeah I think so and the archbishop basically made his brother the senator yep and they like feed each other feed off yeah. each other kind and of they thing. own the city and state essentially yeah um and it just so happens that the senator or whatever seat of government he's in, his kid has a predilection of ripping apart and doing things to little women. Yep. Um, and he's, Bruce Willis was hunting him. Bruce Willis' character, Hardigan, was hunting him. Yep. Found out his partner, another guy that we didn't Michael mention. Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. Who's in this, who frankly <laughs> is not trying that hard. He's not, but he doesn't have to. Not really. He's just like, all right, there, guy. He's you know, like, we're gonna not do this. He's like an down. alternate version of Mickey Rourke. Like, yeah, just, I know. it is what it is. Like, um, I ain't doing all right. He plays himself. <laughs> he got the script that morning, Stay and down, he yeah. did. He shot for a day, and then he left. And Bruce, I'm, 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 I'm hungover right now, right? And, and, and Tarantino said <laughs> I could come on set and I could act. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, he so really Hardigan goes to save her, like the latest victim, a young girl of eleven. Yeah, he basically named does Nancy. The, the the action hero cop thing. He's the hero cop yeah. arc. He's you know, and then he goes and like he, he fights his way and shoots his way through trying to get to saving Nancy. He's a thirteen yeah. year old girl or whatever. Or 11. 12, eleven, right? And then you know he catches up and fucks yeah, it up. And, and he fucks up this guy. He thinks he you know, like he possibly killed him. He shot him in the chest. He shot him in the dick. Shot him in the chest, shot him like, in the dick. Like, um, take away his weapons, both. He, he like, also gets uh, Hardigan in the process, also shot by Michael Many Madsen. Many times. Yeah. He gets like 
Yes, plugged by Michael Madsen. Yeah, yeah. That, the pistol Michael Madsen has has six bullets in it. Yeah. I swear it fires twelve times. <laughs> it's like this sounds like it. It's just, yeah, it's like jeez. Um, and like we think that's possibly his end. And to be fair, in the original cut of the movie, that's where they stopped that story. That's true. Not till the end of the movie, but till like halfway through the movie. Yep. Um, this one ending. keeps going. Uh, Bruce Willie. They the Rorks pay to keep <laughs> him alive. Willie. Yeah, <laughs> the Rorks pay to keep him alive. Yep, they uh, they pay for the best doctors and best surgeries to keep him alive, but they also pin him with the uh, raping of poor Nancy. Yeah, um, which leads to like, to, in in his defense, in that hospital bed, he doesn't say shit. Yeah, he keeps his mouth shut. shut to everybody. Doesn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, even when Nancy, the eleven year old Nancy, sneaks into his room and like so pitifully cries about how. He made sure, like, she made sure to tell them that, like, he didn't touch her and stuff, yeah. and that they wouldn't check. She's a person. That was such a disturbing. Yeah, she gives him a hug so and she says, "I love you," oh. and he's like, "Oh, that's really nice." Oh. But what she really means is she fell in love with him at eleven. Yeah, and then he goes to prison. Yeah, they he, they wrote together. They get well, a actually, confession out of him for something. So I forget how yeah. like, they they. Well, his like attorney like shows up. Is like that like has slugged up a bunch of times. She shows up yeah. shows up with a plea deal that he's gonna like get off scot free and be exonerated and have served time. That's like served or whatever and shit like that. And then when they get into the courtroom, he's like, "No, I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell him what they fucking want and say." Because he's trying to protect Nancy from the, mm-hmm. from the greater government's you know effort finding her about, about out about that. Wow, finding out about her. Yeah. You know, so he goes to prison. We'll go after they know about it like. Um, they do it so that they can't go after her for revenge because the whole reason they keep him alive and stuff is because he fucked up that kid so bad Yeah, that like he can't have kids and he's it's deformed true. and shit like that that's true because Powers Booth shows up yeah, and like another his, name for the it, list. Yeah, is one of the fucking Rourke brothers, and talks about how he's like, I could shoot you here in this fucking hospital, and blah 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 blah. Yep. I'm like, no, I'm doing anything because I'm so powerful. And ha ha, money, money, money. Yeah, <laughs> but he's like, you made my son a freak. You're gonna rot in jail. Ha ha, you know, and like yeah. take the fall for this and all that shit. Yeah, and he's kept uh, basically in solitary confinement for yep. like eight, eight years. years. And then she, you know, he gets these letters and all that shit, whatever. And then, like, this creepy yellow fuck shows up in his cell once many years later. Which is super effective yep. use of color. Which shows up a couple of times through this, because there are my, certain things that they keep in color. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things about the film, actually, is these, like, little use of colors yeah. throughout it. Because it, like, when color, shows up, yeah, when color shows up, it's meant to show something off very specifically. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and this guy, like, he looked, imagine, like, you took an... You took a Smurf, made him regular human size, and then painted him yellow. Like, put him yeah. in The Simpsons. He looks and smells how people feel about pedophiles. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and that's something that, that Bruce Willis and like later on other people note, is that he stinks yeah, horribly. He's a very, very nasty odor. Yeah. And looks like a fucking gremlin. Um, <coughs> one thing I have to... He's gone. One thing I have to say about this whole movie is that there's an incredible use of inner dialogue mm-hmm. or inner monologue I love it we hear what the character is thinking like all the time yeah to a degree that's fantastic but like that kind of in-depth thing like would bug the hell out of me in a comic book yeah I mean like reading it would probably it, it probably would make more sense right you know but like in the movie it makes sense too but like you they don't leave it up to like the imagination you know exactly yeah. what everyone's thinking to a T and like with this you know it's it's done really well because don't notice me, Nancy. It's done well, which is like the yeah. saving grace. Is the fact that it's done well. Yeah, she stops sending him letters, right? Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> no, no playing with balls. That came out weird. No, so Nancy's been sending talking him letters. to his cat. Yeah, Nancy's been sending him letters under a different name for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden she stops sending letters, and then a bloody finger shows up in an envelope, which no one talks about. Yeah, ever again. Anyway, though, so then, uh, yeah, I'd probably just take that over. <laughs> and then Hardigan gets released, pretty much, right? Yeah, well, he signs the confession. Yeah, so they release him with time served and all that shit yeah. and get the confession he wants. And then, uh, oh, yeah, right, he doesn't confess before he goes to jail. It's after. I mix that scene up. Yeah, it's after. He doesn't, uh, the confession would get him out of, like, jail and stuff, but he right. refuses to confess to it because he didn't do it. Which brings us into the modern timeline the rest of the movie is in, which yeah. is eight years later with Nancy Grona. 
Yeah, yeah. because Nancy shows up in some of the others yep. in like the background. It's one of my other favorite things about this movie. I like that all the characters are a bit like woven into each other. Yeah, it's so, interconnectedness. So it feels like a big stage play. Yeah, honestly, which is fucking cool. And so then Hardigan uh, gets out of jail. Yeah, rolls down to the local pub because that's where a person's got to go. Yeah, after getting a clue. Rolls well, he, in, he breaks into Nancy's house. Oh yeah, right. Um, and finds the matchbook for the sixty-eight-year-old man. Yeah, breaks in there and he's like, "Oh, these this matchsticks." It's a, you know, it's the only hint I got. Yeah, and goes to the pub, which is basically a strip club. Yeah, it's a strip bar. Which like Frank Miller, is it though? Because she, she's only dancing. Sure, she's, like she's a stripper. So is she? Is she a stripper or is she so. just dancing? Because she doesn't strip at all in the movie. She she's just dances. She's an exotic dancer. That doesn't mean she strips. That's all I can confirm. She's she's just dancing sexy. She's an exotic dancer. That's all I got. Either way, at the end of the day, she's 19. Yeah, and then Brittany Murphy appears. Yeah, Brittany Murphy is the waitress. <laughs> as soon like, as I what? saw her, I was like, oh, Brittany Murphy. Yeah, I was like, not because I'm Brittany. sad she's in it. I'm sad that she's not in other stuff. She was one of the greatest. She was one of the greatest, and she got snuffed out, man. Yeah, I quite enjoyed Brittany Murphy. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Um, so then Nancy, well, there's some weird dialogue here where Bruce is like, hmm. Well, he sees Who's the this sexy person on the stage. Oh my god, that's Nancy. Yeah. Man, she totally filled out. And I'm like, oh man, it's like, is Hardigan basically like Stan, the <laughs> fucking American dad, where it's like, oh no, I can't be into this. Oh my god, she filled yeah. out. And I'm like, oh, Hardigan's gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, it gets grosser. Um, that's when I started to really be like. He turns. Mm. He turns to leave because he he sees the yellow bastard. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh shit, <laughs> she does. She isn't missing a finger. And now they know where she is. Cool. I fucked yeah. up. And he turns to leave as she jumps off the stage after just noticing him. Yeah. And she's like, oh my god. And I'm so happy you're here. Look at my kitties. 19 year old kiss. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I start, as soon as this happens, I start doing the math. And I was like, man. Yeah, because she's really old. 19 and he is 68. 68. A forty-nine year age difference. Yeah, this is where Frank Miller thinks that like people age in Sin City like fucking wine, yeah. <laughs> like and just don't. Because I'm like, he is at best fifty here. Yup. But like, yeah, yeah he's, he's like almost seventy. Yep, he is sixty-eight. And then it gets weirder because they go to a hotel. Yeah. They have to go on the run together. Which, if the next scene didn't occur. Which, like, oh no, they drive away, basically, and there's a, a bit of a gunfight exchange on the road with the yellow bastard. Um. Yeah, and they think he, uh, they think that they kill him. Yeah. Uh, and then they wonder why they say he must have really stank because, like, they smell him <laughs> as they're driving away. I will say the effects department that did all the car stuff in this, all of it throughout the whole movie, is actually really good. It's very exciting. All the effects in this movie are pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. darn fucking great. There are... Except for when the actors occasionally are in an effect scene and yeah. they're the only part that looks unnatural where everything else looks very streamlined and they're like, swimming. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, alright. There's, um, there's a lot <laughs> of stuff that uh, looks great one minute and then doesn't the next. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, the silhouette shots are really cool. They are. The first, like, two or three times. Don't worry, he'll just lay down. Yeah. I'm just looking Our at third He's co-host is my cat, Mister, who yeah. is, likes to be rambunctious when we're doing this. Yeah. Well, it's because people are here and he's excited. He's an excited kitty. He's great. He's he made me a kitty. promo. People are going to ask for the cat tax yeah. now. He's, for pet tax. He is, yeah, going to... Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Oh, well. Uh, pet tax? Yeah. You just have sent pictures. Well, fuck. Yeah, make a picture of him. All right. Yeah, he's doing a promo. He's adorable. He's, he's going to sell our shit. He can totally be in a promo. <laughs> Mister! He's like, Anyways, let's yeah. continue with Back the to the show. Yeah. Uh, this is not a cat podcast. Holy shit! All right, now, so, um, Hardigan's story. No, okay. Yeah. But no, so they go to a hotel, cat and then cares. I can't... I blacked it out. Do they fuck? I... Is it hope they, that they fuck? I don't think I they do. Before they do, the yellow bastard shows up and, like, gets the drop on Hardigan. Okay. And he's all like, you I know Hardigan is Hardigan. fighting himself ah, pretty hard. You gotta remember my voice, Hardigan. And he's like, I'll remember your voice, Junior. And yeah. then Hardigan goes through some beating and some shit. Because he's naked. Yeah, he's naked. That part. But, like, I can't remember. I know he has. I know he has a hard time. They don't bang. Um, and I know he has to, like, he fights himself pretty hard about it. 
Because he's like, I can't do it, but I love her, but I don't. Yeah, but he's I like, do. He got mad, like, you're the only person I've talked to. Yeah. Rager. It's on. hard, like, somebody definitely groomed somebody there. Yeah, it's a little weird. Honestly, I don't, I don't like this, and I know it's written by Frank Miller. And I'm like, Frank Miller, what are you doing? Yeah. He's got a lot of hidden women in this thing. He's got a lot of super sexualized ladies. He's got a lot of uh, hard to get in love with a uh, groomed kid. Yeah. When I was young, when I was 16 and this came out, I didn't notice these things. And now, oh, I'm yeah, like, hell what no. the fuck? This I get how like, this isn't shown on like TV often. You know? <laughs> Sometimes. This it's, is a long time ago. It's still like a great, a, a decent film though. It's just like these, these, these Frank Miller moments are a little bit like, what? Yeah. Um... Look at it. Oh, some buddies flashing their brains. Oh. Um, <laughs> this it's just organic, right in my face. This I'm is like, an organic oh, random cinema moment. This is. Um, but yeah, and then he, the yellow bastard, steals Nancy. Mm-hmm. Even though he makes the comment about how he's a little old for her. Which yeah. Is all, He's like a, a very self-aware pedophile. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he's meant to be a nasty little man. Yeah. You know, who like grew into being a nastier He basically, the, the thing that saved him is that they like brought out the nastiness in him. Yes. Um, and then like, you know. He gets, he gets Hardigan is shot up naked in a broken window. Yeah, and he cuts himself down. Yeah. Right? He gets out of there quick, shakes out a car, heads up towards. Kills Nick Offerman. Kills Nick Hoffman, sadly. Yeah. Which popped my brain. Yep. Because I have not watched this show, I have not watched this movie since Parks and Rec came out, apparently. Which is fair. Any questions the other guy? And he hits the road up towards the yeah. farm, which makes an appearance, I think, almost in every story. Uh, no, just two. Oh, yeah, just two. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, heads uh, up to the farm. That is someone entering my building. Yeah. Yep. This is the reality of the new Hardman, motherfucker. Um, yeah, no. And then we basically, once Hardigan gets to the farm, it's basically the first five minutes of the movie again. Yeah, like, the exact much. same dialogue. Yep. And then, like, he catches up the yellow bastard, shoots a bunch of dudes, sneaks past some people, yeah. and then uh, catches up to him. They have their little sort of standoff. Yeah. Rips his dick off. Rips, literally rips his dick yeah, off. Yeah, and then punches him into oblivion. And then he says to Nancy, Nancy, you're hot. Yeah. But you gotta go. Yeah. And she goes, I can't live without you. And he's like, I know, I'm gonna catch up soon. And she dilly-dallies off. Yeah. And then Bruce Willis fucking kills him. So. Yeah, well, he feeds her a line about how he has friends coming. Friendly cops coming to, yeah. like, clean up and make sure people pay. But really, it's just an excuse to get him to leave, so yeah, he yeah, can kill so he can, himself. So this 60 or 8 year old dude can yeah. just pull the trigger through his own heart. Yeah. The heart that he knows is failing because he coughs up blood on the way there. Yeah. And that's the first vignette. That's yeah. it. It's and that's one the first show. show. And that's Bruce. That's a wrap on Bruce Willie. Yeah. That's it. Hardigan's story was my favorite when I was a kid. Yeah, I and, and my I agree. My favorite now is the second one. Marv is fun. That oh, whole storyline yeah, is just a good time. It's pretty great. Um, but before that is the small, shortest vignette. Oh, yeah. Which man. is the most cut together. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's, first of all, it's enti- it's title card reads, The Customer is Always Right. Mm-hmm. And it's Josh Hartnett's little vignette as a hitman. Yeah. Again, I, another stunning use of color in the red dress. I like those. Those are pretty cool. I like his character. Yeah. There's a really good silhouette shot um, in that, uh, in that, uh, in that short. But it does seem a little clunky to me. Yeah, because it's meant because to be... Because of how it's cut. The, um, that's meant to be the opening scene back in the original cut. Yeah. You get the Josh Hartnett, then Sin City, and then they cut to, like, fucking Bruce Willis. So in this, it's just sort of like you see it, and then you see, they, we, like, zoom yeah. out to see Sin City. So a little bit. And then the one that follows it is meant to be the final scene in the original cut. Yeah, because Josh Hartnett uh, bookends in the, in the theatrical cut that it we've seen yeah uh, most often Josh Hartnett's the bookend yeah which makes he me think the if film. this is the director's cut with extended scenes or whatever I think it's meant to be like this is when it took place in the comic book yeah it's very much so more cut up into the comic book yeah yeah. to be in line comic which you mentioned earlier and you're 100% right but that is like a 5 second it's a little bit it's, it's short it's like a 5 minute it's thing. not like one of the big major stories no. which take like 20-25 minutes it's great though I like it yeah it's really cool it's, it's very well done it. yeah um but then we have the hard goodbye, which is one of the major stories. Yeah. Uh, the makeup 
for Mickey Rourke. It's really good. It's so crazy for this. He, he also kind of steals the show for me as being like kind of like my favorite character to watch. Well, it's because like, he's again he's basically playing himself. Like <laughs> yeah, he fits that character. He has the gruffness of tone, and he like plays a crazy person fairly believably. So. Yeah, I do like that he's basically like in any other circumstance he's kind of like a serial murderer. Yeah. But like in Sin City during this one arc where he's like on kind of a revenge yeah. like a vengeance trail for something well, good. He's he gets to like legitimately on anti uh, antipsychotics. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> with his mom. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Marv so Marv's story, he's this like fucking tank of a guy. Yeah, he's, he's like just, He's like the bruiser that when like everybody knows in Sin City, because he's like he's hulking a trench coat. The force, yeah, he's like yeah. the force of nature that people go to to get shit done. Yeah, he's, and he's not a great guy. He just lives his own life and does what he wants. Yeah, and he's one of those characters too, where like he's kind of like a, an anti-hero in a trench coat. Like he's yeah. he's a criminal, yeah. but also he's kind of like I don't know. Other than an ever-changing trench coat. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that's his line too. He's like, it's a mighty nice coat. Yeah, it's a mighty fine coat. Yeah. And Marv is fun. His storyline is always fun for me. Yeah. Because, like, he has that amazing night with Goldie. The only, cause he's, he's well, it starts with him fucking, like, this, like, the only person who shot in color. Jamie King! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I and, forgot how much, like, I'm sidebar, I forgot how much nudity was in this movie. There's a lot of nudity in this. Yeah. Unnecessarily. A lot like, of titty. We don't live, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of tea in this. Actually, I'll be fair, there's a lot of, like, nudity in this movie. In general. Yeah. It's kind of like, you don't see that really anymore. Yeah. Like, it was definitely a product, like, 2005, nudity and sex comedy was more, there was pro-nudity in content. Yeah. You know, and in this, it's a very, like, nude-heavy movie. There's, yeah. there's, there's moments where, I'm like, this whole shot exists to show off this person's tits. Yeah. Like, that's it. There's a like, go. Yeah, there's a shot, too, that's a gratuity shot. Yep. Um, when I was 16, that was <laughs> awesome. That was fucking great. Now, I'm kind of like... That's a whole lot of booby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where when I was like seventeen when this movie came out, I was like, "Oh, nice." Where I'm like, "It's necessary, though." Yeah, I'm like, "Is this important to the story for me to know?" <laughs> Did you have to have those out on set? Yeah, like, jeez, uh, <laughs> Rodriguez and Frank Miller's like pro. pro yes, <laughs> we need this. We, this is what has to happen. It's like, but, all right, Frank Miller, chill out. Yeah, but this uh, this short there's it, a sexually frustrated comic book drawer and writer and Frank Miller that made this book. Yeah. Him and Kirkman. Yeah. Uh, but it starts with him, it starts with Marv, uh, Marv, Mickey Rourke, uh, having an intimate night yep. with a character we quickly find out his name, Goldie, because Mickey Rourke is narrating this whole, this whole yeah. thing. Um, and he comments on how great it is and on how she's like a port in like a storm that is his life. Like she took him in even though he's like hideous and like such a monstrous creature. He's a brute. Um, yeah, he's a he's a brute. And, like she showed him, like in his a words, he's a two bit loser. Yeah, yeah, and like she showed him a knight, and like he didn't feel like she was putting like putting it on or like mm -hmm. expecting payment and stuff like that. Um, he had he feels like they had a genuinely like good connection night. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then, then she he wakes up next to her corpse. She's been murdered. Uh, he is arguably the most comic book character. Yes. Uh, most superhero-y of all of them. There's moments in the that sense he wakes up and he's like, "Who could have done this? Because I would have known. Nobody could have snuck past me in the night." And I'm like, "It's not like a Wolverine." Like, yeah, he's like, he's got some Wolverine, Batman, Punisher shit going. Yeah, on, where I'm like, this guy is Frank Miller's response to not being able to use Batman and having yeah. that be like a no holds barred character that's allowed to do whatever the hell he wants. Like, Marv is a fun character as much as he's someone that actually is probably on the scale of not actually being a hero at all. Yeah. Like, he's a very evil guy. Like, he's... Nah, he's not evil. I wouldn't say he's evil. He's... He's not chaotic He does what he wants. Yeah. And, yeah. like, he's just fun. He's like... He doesn't uh, have respect for, a law, for the law. Yeah. It, it's at this point you realize the movie's, like... The ability and strength of these characters is varied because, like, he like headfirst jumps down like sixteen flights and like grabs a fucking railing and pulls himself up. Yeah. There's bullet fire all over the place. He like goes through a brick. A fucking car hall. is speeding. Like, cop car is speeding at him, doing at least like fifty, sixty, and he just jumps, jumps up and drop kicks his way through the windshield. windshield. Yeah, and like <laughs> kills the guys and knocks them out into the air, fifteen fucking feet. And I'm like. This guy is incredibly strong. Yeah. And, like, I know that Frank Miller, when he drew this, was trying to make this in comic book terms. Like, it's kind of funny to see people flying around, but it's a little bit like... Seeing it in live action, you're like, holy fuck. This yeah. guy could, like, kill you with his hands. No problem. Oh, yeah. Like, that's fucked up. 
Um, that's the some scene, the boys shit. Yeah. You know? The scene with his mom is hilarious. It's I had never fun. seen that oh, yeah. before this one because I never watched an extended or uncut or whatever version of it. That's pretty that cool. scene with his mom is so funny. He goes home and talks to his little old mom who <laughs> comes up on him while he's in his room like and when he's, he's like, looking for his gun <laughs> and he like hides the gun from her and they have like a little conversation and he's like kick it out mom and he he's like, like Marvin is that you? he's like hey mom didn't I woke you up and he's yeah. like what are you doing? So he's like funny. I got a night job mom he's like oh isn't that nice yeah. some boys were here to talk to you so I was like funny. wow it actually makes more sense now because when I saw the main cut like years ago and the part where it's like there's a while okay well, I'll say it later or else it, just, it spoils it but like they mentioned his mom and it's, it, for me it became very it was very out of like nowhere yeah where in the original cut I was like why are they bringing his mom in this yeah <laughs> like, I thought it was funny but yeah uh, I do enjoy that we get a montage of him just working his way up the food chain yeah he's just taking out every informant on his way up yeah until he leads him this leads him to the farm right yeah he ends up at the farm yeah which is a central um, villainous fortress place for the Sin City characters. And then he he sees, or thinks he sees, Goldie, um, who hits him with her car. And yeah. that part is so funny, because he, he literally bounces around like a ball. Yeah, she just knocks him around. I'm like, he can't die. Well, not only that, it's just ridiculous how he, how she, like, how he reacts when he gets hit. It's literally it's like, like, oh, she, it's literally oh, like he's made of me. rubber. And like bounces around. Yeah, he's a comic book character and to a T in this. Yeah. You know, it's like he's not a real person. He's like a he's just a creature. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway. Yeah. Uh, but then he finds out that it was um, it was his sister, or it was Goldie's sister mm -hmm. that hit him with the car. Um, and he finds out that Goldie was a hooker. Yeah. Basically. Though hookers have a different, or prostitutes, or... The old town girls. What it's sex workers, the yeah, acceptable term. they have their own law. Sex worker, yeah. Um, like the sex law. workers of Sin City have their own, like, it's a, like the red light district is basically their territory. Yeah, they run the And they town. hold it, yeah. And Gail's in charge of them, who's like, this really... I think shows up a bit in this, because she's like, oh, yeah, she's very awesome, shows up yeah. all the time. And she's this, like, queen of the prostitutes. Or, like, yeah, like, hooker queen. sex workers. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, the sex worker queen. Yeah. And she... Cool. She, um, I really, I actually kind of like that aspect because they, like, they're in charge, they police their territory. Yep. And, like, everybody, even the cops, respect them in that sense, or at least fear them it's in the sense truth. that they can, like, if something goes down in their area, they have it. So they don't let their, and this comes up later as a major plot point, but, like, it cleaned up, like, the assaults and stuff in that area and allows them to work. For profit instead of as like a slave, basically. It's true, because they give the cops a cut. Yeah, because everybody's everybody's paid off somehow. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he tells them about the farm, and they drive him back out there. Uh, and then well, the we, first thing is the farm. Isn't like he meets the attorney later. Oh, Elijah Wood. Yeah, Elijah Wood knocks him out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Elijah Wood knocks him out and dumps him in the basement with his lawyer. Yeah. Who he met the first time earlier scenes. Uh, yeah, we see her for a few. He goes to her apartment to get meds. Yeah, just to get like painkillers and shit. And then she's like, it's an, a, a gratuitous, unnecessary nude scene of her walking yeah. around. And I'm like, what the fuck? And in this cut, not again. Like, when I was 16, I thought that was cool as fuck. Yeah, but and now in this cut, not like uh, not like the theatrical theatrical cut. Theatrical. We've already met her as from? Bruce Willis's lawyer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. In, oh, okay, that in that sense. yellow bastard, which is uh, an extended scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I uh, I had never seen that before either. Like, this is the first time I saw any extended cuts. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, and we see her first in that yellow bastard. She's his lawyer. Nice. And then uh, Marv goes to see her, and I'm pretty sure he goes not to get uh, payments, but to get antipsychotics. Probably, yeah, because he's slowly losing his mind. Even his yeah. mom is like, "You you you mixing worlds, son, or something like that." Yeah. Um, but he's very surprised that Elijah Wood could take him. It's true. He's like, like damn, he's strong and fast. He's like, yeah, I found, I found your killer goalie and he's quick. He was better than me. Yeah. He's like, oof. Yeah, because yeah, even, like, evil like, little even the wolves, even the wolves that Kevin keeps aren't like a problem for, for Marv. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Creepy Elijah Wood. Oh, I love Elijah Wood in this. Though. I know. He's creepy as fuck and he's yeah. cool. He doesn't say a single word. It's revealed too that he's a cannibal. 
Yeah, he doesn't say a single word through that whole movie. That's true. The lens flare on his glasses that like block out his eyes, so good. Yeah, so well done. Um, and then yeah, when we have one of my favorite lines in the movie is when Marv wakes up uh, in the basement uh, with Lucille. Lucille is still alive, and she's like fetal position in the corner, cradling her arm. Yeah, and she points out the heads of the other missing prostitutes, which is that pretty fucked up. Was pinned on Marv as the killer. Um, he has their heads mounted on the wall like sports trophies, and their seal is like, he kills them, he eats them, and then he she holds up her like freshly stumped hand as he removed right. her hand, and she's like, you made me wash, you made me yeah. wash, and then then I love the like the camera pulls out. And we see Elijah Wood is like up against the house, like listening into the basement window, yeah, he's like, like around the corner where he can't be seen. It's so fucking creepy. Yep. So <clears> he's good. a good little villain in this too, because they're yeah. all like that's like one of the dis- like the descendant or not descendants. But he's like one of the like the this I'm not trying to say here the ward of one of the works. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was like a a, a protege. You know, yeah. Which is fucked up. Uh, so then Marv and her escape, right? Yeah, well, Marv, uh, somebody shows up to take Kevin somewhere. The Rourke brother shows up, the Archbishop shows up to take Kevin somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mickey Rourke jumps up and grabs the bars and rips the bars out of the wall because he's Superman. Yeah, exactly, right? Like it, <laughs> It's basically like, oh, okay, so he could just like get out of that at any moment. There's yeah. moments where his strength is very, like, it's incredible. It's insane. It's insane. It's like, dude, how tough is this guy? It's, like, very tough. He's the strongest thing in the entire world. Yeah. Which, like, that's cool. Marv's awesome. I still think his story's fun. He rips apart a bunch of fucking spec ops guys. Yeah. Like, super cops and shit. Oh, yeah. That's when they're leaving the farm. That's when the attorney finally bites it, too. Yeah. He's shot up. Um, I think that's why Kevin leaves, is because he knows they're coming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, when they're running away, uh, they cut down um, Carla Gugino's character, Lucille. Yeah. With a little fucking submachine gun, uh, like an Uzi. Yeah, I think it's kind of sucks that like, she gets shot a few times. Because all crooked said, cops. Yeah, she's dead. Yeah. But like everyone else can take like an entire like, bazooka and be fine. Yeah, well... She gets shot once, Marv, that's it. Marv, uh, after, she, after Lucille dies, he goes on to murder all of them with a hatchet. Yeah, which was a pretty cool scene. While he's just wearing a muscle shirt. That's true. He, like, just obliterates them. It's yeah. like, holy fucking shit. Um, Makes his way to the archbishops, though. Yeah, well, he goes... First of all, he goes back to Goldie's sister, and they explain what happened, or he explains to them what happened. They take him back out to the farm, but he makes a stop, and yeah. we see... His shopping list, which I, I love how that scene is shot, just uh, zooming on each item as he's holding it up to the cash register. Um, I'm tubing, right? Yeah, and then we get to see his plan for stopping Kevin, and I love it. Yeah, it's pretty love good. Love it so much. Um, basically, Kevin, like Elijah Lewis Wood's character, is like one of those, like, he's super glass agile, cream. yeah, uh, and he's got like claws. Like, he has his nails filed there with super long and sharp. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, ripping fucking... He's ripping Mickey, like, Marv apart. Uh, until Marv gets a, handcu- a pair of handcuffs around him. Yep. He, loses he handcuffs him to himself. I do like how he puts it, too. He's kind of like... He's like, yeah, try screwing around now, you little bastard. Yeah, or something like that. He's kind of... Corks the lava spit out of his fucking mouth and he just drives him. It's so great. Yeah, he beats um, the fucking shit out of him, which is cool. And then it cuts to uh, him coming back awake and... Finding himself tied to a tree, yeah, with uh, his both his arms and legs having been amputated, still smiling, having just enough blood come out so that the wolves were hungry, um, and then Marv watches as the wolves rip him apart, and then he takes his head off. Yep, I do appreciate and that he doesn't he's say like, anything the whole fucking he's like, time. Didn't scream the entire time. No. And then we get to see him go to the big bad. Yep. And he, uh, I love the scene of him raging at the giant statue of Archbishop Rourke, and he just like fires his pistol at him, and then he works his way up through the clergy and meets Rutger Hauer. Yep. There's this scene where he's like looking up, walking up the steps, and like just makes me laugh every fucking time. He's like, like, what the hell is this shot? Um, 
But then, like, when he actually gets to Rucker Hauer, um, I really like what they do with that. Because he talks about, like, because he's the Archbishop, so he's, like, super powerful. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how Kevin was, like, an angel, and he only talked to him, and, like, he had such an angelic voice and such a light inside of him, and basically goes on to tell them that they were murdering uh, sex workers to eat them because they were yeah. consuming their souls. He felt that he was the most closest to the to God when he was eating the flesh of them. And, and yeah. it's like, and I joined in. Yeah. Because it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So they're a bunch of cannibals. It's a cannibal cult. Cannibal cult, bro. Um, and then he fucking kills them. Yep. And he basically just rips his head off, right? Yeah, he shoots them. And, like, just... I think he, like, like grabs him by... And, yeah, like, rips like, his skull off. He fucks them up pretty good. And then he way. gets... Then, like, they, uh... He gets like a beret of bullets, basically yeah. from a SWAT team, and then gets like again repaired by. I noticed there's a similarity between now his story and Hardigan's story. Yeah, sort well, of like, it probably was the same guy who like fixed the boat up. Yeah, you know, but it's like the same sort of theme where it's like they're on like a revenge mission and they're kind of like this is my suicide mission, and like getting patched up and then you know being killed. Like I don't know, it's very similar. Yeah, and it has to do with the Rourke's and like the farm and all that kind of shit. And then yeah. like you know, I do like the Marv like. He gets like electrocuted, but then it doesn't kill him right away, which is yeah. pretty cool. Which in our world would mean he would get to go free. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, they wouldn't hit it again. They're like, I'm oh. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if you survive. Then like, they're like, you can just I'm go. Fairly sure you're released, but like, if you survive, how they execute people now, like you'd be fucked up anyway. Yeah, um, absolutely. Lethal injection. You're. Yeah. There's no way. But like, <laughs> with him being electrocuted, yeah. he just was like okay with it. Yeah, I do like these, like, come on, you pansies. And yeah. Like, gets shocked again, and then... I'm yes. sure he could have gotten out of jail any number of times. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's just, you know, he did what he wanted to... He did what he did, and... Yeah. He, he felt like he was done. There was also a running theme of, like, the, the psychosis of these guys not always oh, matching yeah. up. Because, like, pretty sure there was another mini-vignette, right? It jumps then after Marv's into Dwight's. Yeah, it goes right into the last one, yeah. Yeah, and Dwight's is... Uh, Dwight is cool. It took me a little bit the of The Big Fat Kill is the next one. Yeah. yeah. It's it my favorite one. It's not bad. I liked Dwight... Like, when, back when I was a kid, too, I really liked Dwight's story, but, like, I don't... I didn't quite get it at the time, and now I realize it's a story about a guy on the run. Yeah. And, like, at first I was like, who is Dwight? Is he just this, like, dude who likes to go out? And I'm like, oh, and there's a connected story that isn't involved in this movie, right? Where he, like, gets a new face. Yeah, it's, um... I think they answer it in A Dame to Kill. First of all, this is a Brittany Murphy's story. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she's in it. It starts with, uh, her, uh, answering the door. Yeah, it's... Benicio Del Toro, like... And his cronies. the door, yeah. And it's Benicio Del Toro and his cronies. Um, and he's trying to get into... This is the story that feels the most, like... There isn't some big picture shit going on. This is just like a night in Sin City and what it's like. Um, yeah. You know? It stumbles into big picture stuff. A little bit, yeah. But I mean, like, all the other stories, like, like John Hardigan's story is kind of like the last great cop of Sin City. Yeah. And, like, how, like, the last good cop kind of died with him in some sense. You know? Yeah. And so, like, and, like, the Rourke's played into that. And then with Marv, it's like, he's, like, he tries to bring down the Rourke's or the Yorks or whatever the fucking call it. His yeah. own, like, rampage being, like... Basically, a complete psychopath with a heart of gold. Yeah. Showing that, like, the heroes are basically some of the most evil people by tradition in Sin City. Where, like, this, Dwight and her character, Shelly, and then Jack Rafferty, or the fuck his fucking yeah. character's name is, Benicio del Toro. And that. This feels more like this is how complicated it can be to just be out in Sin City. Yeah. A place where there's constant gunfire, murder, and rape, and destruction, and drugs, yeah. and corruption, and helicopters. And people jumping at rooftops. Everybody's wearing trench coats. Benicio del Toro again. Fantastic makeup. Yeah, he's really good. Hard like to that. tell. Hard to tell that it's him initially until he opens yeah. his mouth. Yeah, he's like a prosthetic nose and shin yeah. and stuff like that. I think he's wearing dentures. Like yeah. he's meant to look very different than who he actually is. He does a good job. Yeah, I actually really liked his performance in this. I was like, wow, he sold it. Yeah, um, I, I hated him as a character. Yeah, I love Brittany Murphy's acting in this too. Yeah, this was around it's like one of her last roles, I think, before like she eventually died. She's really good in it though. Yeah, and, uh, and good old Clive Owen returning from Children of Men, <laughs> yet still wearing a trench coat. Yeah, still wearing a trench coat. Um, Here to be Dwight McCarthy. Yeah, Brittany Murphy's character, um, Shelley, is a waitress that we've seen a couple times. Mm-hmm. 
I think she shows up in both Marv and uh, Bruce Willis. I wish I remembered remember that Bar is. Because I, I know that like Nancy Marv's also the, the the dancer shows up in Marv's story, which you didn't mention, but she pops up in it for a second. Yeah, she's dancing. Uh, they show her dancing in it. Yeah, yeah, which Marv says that he like. It's like a year ago, I helped her out with some pushy boyfriend, which is like, Mark clearly tore that guy in half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, clearly that guy's probably permanently fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, jumping back to Dwight's story, though. But, uh, yeah, it's only with uh, Benicio Del Toro's Jack character, mm-hmm. who's an abusive boyfriend. Yeah, he's just uh, like one of those real fucking asshole yeah, cops. Yeah, like, trying he's to bust dick. in. Well, we don't know he's cop yet. Um, oh, fuck, yeah, I, I ruined the reveal. Um, Sorry. <laughs> it's, uh... Yeah, he's trying to break in with his buddies for them mm-hmm. to have like a night on the town kind of thing. Yeah. But she's in there with Clive Owen because they just fucked. Um, That's true. And there's, uh, eventually he, he gets in. It's not clear if they're, like, if he's like her new boyfriend, but it seems to be alluded that, like. Well, he says he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, in my, one of my favorite lines in the movie, once Jack comes in and, like, smacks her around and stuff, like, like a dick. Clive Owen agrees to, like, hide. Yeah. And like not make it worse for Shelly. At first, he's like, "Lemon, I'll kill him all." And she's like, "No, no, no, go! I got this." <laughs> um, but he hides in the bathroom, and like Jack goes in to take a piss. Yeah. And I love that he just like steps out of the shower, puts a gun to the back of his head, and he's like, "I'm Shelly's new boyfriend, and I'm out of my mind." And then like swirlies him in his own piss. <laughs> yeah, it's a straight razor to the whole his eye. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, the gun he, is lit. Like, I'm Shelly's new boyfriend. I'm out of my I'm mind. I'm out of my mind. And I'm like, fuck yeah! It's kind of a great line. Yeah, it's a fucking amazing. Story. I love his Chuck. I love his bright red Chuck Taylors. Yeah, that's the it's the colorized part of his costume yeah. too. Is he's wearing like sneakers. Yeah, he's wearing red sneakers. I'm like, why? Um, it's because Dwight's like a thug. He's like a common thug. Yeah, but like he's I don't know. He's cool. There's a great uh, Brittany Murphy scene um, while that scene in the bathroom is going on, mm-hmm. where she's like picking herself up off the floor, and like his buddy leans over and is like, "You should not." Do- you should not have done that, man. You're just, yeah. you're just a boy. Uh, and she, like, pulled a <laughs> knife on him. And I'm just like, wow, she went from, like, sad to, like, believably will cut his dick off in, like, two seconds. Yeah. So good. It's a good fucking scene. She did great in it. You know? Yeah. It was awesome. Um, and then uh, he, after he gets swirling in his own piss, mm-hmm. uh, Jack takes his boys and they leave. Well, Jack also throws up and the puke is colorized to be pee color. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Yeah, he throws <laughs> up his own inhaled <laughs> urine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he dumps, he gets back into his car and him and his buddies speed off. <laughs> Sin City is a terribly unsafe place. It is. There's a note that I made where I was like, man, this is like, you keep, it's a bad place. It's a bad place. Yeah. I do like that the Sin, the Basin, Basin City or whatever yeah. thing, the sign gets more credited up over the course of it. You see it a couple times and yeah. each time it more and more says Sin City. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, because Basin City is the name of the actual city. Yeah. 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 I love that there's also sirens going on right now. Yeah, that's acceptable. We're talking about oh, um, but yeah, uh, he he jumps down from her window, from her like fifth story window. Yeah, there's um, all this like superhero fucking rooftop yeah, superhero hopper. landing. So many superhero landings. Um, and he with trench coats flapping like capes. Yeah, and she those fucking trench coats. Yep. Uh, she shouts something at him that he can't quite hear, and he assumes it's her telling her to him to stop. Um, he can't hear because a helicopter, a police helicopter is going by. Yeah. Um, and he speeds off after them into the night uh, and is about to do something when a cop car shows up behind him. Yep. And then Jack and his buddies almost hit somebody. So the cop goes after them. But they go into Old Town. Yeah, so they the roll. cop backs off and lets them speed into Old Town. Mm-hmm. Where they try to pick up Alexis Bladell. What is Old Town, though? Old Town is the sex worker red light district. Yes, which yeah. is policed, operated by the sex workers themselves, who have a truce with the police. Yeah, because they have a deal with the cops. Give them a cut. Yeah, and then uh, they go after Alexis Bledel, mm-hmm. and they fuck up pretty hard. Yeah, they do. They, uh, they, they get all kind of rapey. demanding and rapey. Yeah, and uh, then... We get to see uh, Devin Aoki, which is, at the time, she was in Fast and the Furious and some other different projects. Yeah. And uh, she plays... Uh, Miho. Miho, which is like a, basically a ninja lady. Deadly little Miho. Yeah, all of, the, all of the sex workers all are trained in some sort of form of, like, combatant deadly art. Yeah. Which is, like, cool. 
Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and so, you know, Benicio Del Toro and his cronies get all handsy and then lose their hands and heads and get all murdered and massacred. Yeah. Where Dwight has this sm- like this funny feeling about it. He's, he's smelling the fish. He's like, I don't know. He's like, she- Shelly said something. After like, they're dead. The yeah. After they get murdered, and then as they're like rifling their pockets and pocketing money and all that kind of shit, he finds, oh fuck, but he's a cop. Yeah. Jack. Jack was a hero cop. Jack Rafferty. Iron Jack Rafferty. Yeah. A hero cop. A goddamn hero cop. Yeah. Yeah, which is like, okay, cool, cool. And then like, uh, Benicio Del Toro gets like a fucking like, the lock or like the slide for a gun, like shot yeah, into his forehead. Yeah. yeah, which is like, holy crap. It's very visual. This is where I have a this is where I have a slight issue in their storytelling. Mm-hmm. If he went in there as a private citizen and fucked shit up, would they not assume that the that like girls would take care of it? Yeah, because they're really like they're like oh god we're we're gonna lose like everything over this. Mm-hmm. But you would think if they went to the house and be like hey. He came in here and tried to assault us. We took care of it like we would anybody else, and yeah. then found out he's a cop. Sorry, here's a little extra money. Like well, I'm, I'm a little like this kind of breaks the world for me a little bit. Well, that's the thing too, because this story, like jumping to like to the end, wraps up pretty fast. Yeah. And like in that, the cops, Clark Dunk, Mark, Michael Duncan Clark, whatever, like Clark Jason, Duncan. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, admits that he's like, we knew everything all along. We have his like body and blah blah blah. So like, they yeah. want the truce to be unresolved. They're using it anyway. So yeah, I guess well, there's an unsteady truce. Like the cops really wanted to fucking fall. Yeah, because they just want to get back to controlling everything. Yeah, well, the mob wants uh, wants in the old town. Yeah, so that they can run it and basically use them like yeah. they did in the old days. And so Dwight's given a hardtop fucking car to cut up the bodies and take them all to the pits. Yeah. To go and just dispose of everything. So um, that they can then, bury this problem and it's not going to cause a fucking uproar or a war. Yeah. And then, uh, so he, he decides to take them to the tar pit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has one of my favorite scenes, which is the Quentin Tarantino directed one. Yeah. Which oddly you, enough. You can't really tell that it's Tarantino directing it, but it is a little bit more trippy than the other scenes. Yeah. It's and, because uh, we see Dwight having a full-on conversation with Jack's corpse. Mm-hmm. Which this carries over to a theme from Mar- our Marv storyline where it's like these characters sometimes aren't exactly thinking straight. They're yeah, kind of like a little crazy. Their world isn't always exactly the world. Yeah, because like yeah. since it's a really traumatic place, some of these people are having crazy hallucinations sometimes because the world is so fucked up around them. Where Dwight just, you know, has some private conversations with yeah. uh, good old... Uh, Iron Jack. <laughs> My favorite, like, the thing that I love most and the reason I love this scene so much is because there's such a seamless transition and flow between inner uh, inner monologue and, like, dialogue with Jack. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. never quite sure if he's thinking it or saying it. I will say, I think the best acting in this comes from Clive Owen. He, yeah. like, really fucking sells it. Where like yeah, all the other actors, really good in this. Yeah, where all the other actors, they have moments where the dialogue doesn't really roll off the tongue. Where like Clive Owen just is a professional, and like every awkward bit of dialogue is is just with finesse. Yeah, he's a great fucking actor. Yeah, like there are some real standouts in this mm-hmm. for acting. Uh, Clive Owen definitely won. Brittany Murphy, um, Mickey Rourke, like yeah. I said. Um, I, I like Bruce Willis in it too. Elijah yeah. Wood. They're all like, great. Those are like some of the standouts. Rudger Hauer, fucking. Yeah. As the, the the archbishop, like is he's in one scene and he's great, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, and then he gets pulled over by the cops mm-hmm. on his way to the tar pits, um, and it cuts away to Michael Clark Duncan showing up with at, in Old Town, basically to ambush them. To ambush them, yeah, and we find out there's a snitch. Yep, which is what's her fucking face, Alexis Bledel. Yep, um, blue-eyed betrayer. Yeah. Uh, and then he does make it to the pits. Clive does make it to the pits. He mm-hmm. has to push the car in the last mile. Yep. But he makes it. It's all really fast, too. Isn't it, like, also, like, he, he gets attacked by, like, a bunch of mercenaries? That's what happens next. Yeah, he gets yeah. the car. He pushes the car into the pits. And then fucking death charge from Jerry Joe shows yeah. up and throws and like, a grenade at Tommy him. Tommy Flanagan from Sons of Anarchy. Also. Yeah. There we yeah. go. And, like, yeah, Dwight makes easy, you know... Of all of them. Well, he gets he gets thrown in the tar pits. Um, he wakes up to then cutting Jack's head off to take with him to yeah. the show. 
Um, and then, yeah, then Little Miho shows up again and to helps save him, the like, day. Disable a bunch of dudes. Because yeah. they send a bunch of like a strike team of sex workers to go help out. Yeah, I think there's only I think there's only a few of them. Yeah, I think most of them die except Miho, don't they? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, because yeah, I think there's only two or three of them that go. Miho is really the star of that scene. It's meant yeah. for her to do cool ninja shit with like a. There's there's like a couple symbols of a Nazi symbol in this that are I think. Are well, really there's strong. a swastika, but like. Is it the reversed con? Yeah, it's the the actual like. <laughs> the original form of that icon before the Nazis <laughs> yeah. altered it. I do have to say, I know that if you reverse the symbol, it's meant to be peace, right? And the Nazis reversed it to represent oppression. But like, I don't. It's also it's also a sun symbol in lots of East, like Middle Eastern. Yeah. Or not Middle Eastern, sorry, in a lot of um, East Asian and Asian uh, belief structures. There's especially, I think, Buddhism. Don't hold me to that. I might be wrong. But it is actually a religious symbol as well. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that represents like. I respect that that. Is it is a thing, but also or the sun? I think it's one of the one of the, it's just still too soon, bro. I guess. <laughs> yeah, right? um, I mean, that symbol still throws people off. They're like, that's a Nazi symbol because it's on somebody's forehead in one scene later on, and it's like, okay, why? Yeah, well, that's a swastika. That's supposed to be a swastika. <laughs> yeah, and that guy like has some jokes that are not bad, but I just don't want to laugh because I'm like, this character is supposed to be a fucking I racist. Say why he lives for so long? Yeah, it makes um, no sense, right? There's like a, a Super Mario Bros. kind of like where it's like, yeah. you might notice the uh, been, uh, well, like, oh, that's a they finish the job, Clive Owen gets the head back, mm -hmm. they deal with like they go to they make a meeting with the mob, it's a bunch of good at fucking action, and they do it by they do it by shooting Miho shoots an arrow through this dude, yeah, and there's a note on the arrow, and they take the note off while the arrow's in the middle of him. And it's sticking out of his chest, and he's just like, there's, there's an arrow sticking out of my chest, guys. It's guys, like, guys, guys anybody see this? It's starting to really hurt. Yeah. So you think maybe I need like a doctor or something? Yeah, and then she shoots him in the head. Yeah, and then he's, he's and when he gets hit in the head, he's just kind of like, um, yeah. <laughs> like, is this character immortal? Yeah, there's like a second after he gets it, takes a bullet, uh, takes an arrow to the brain where he's still like alive. Yeah. And then he slumps. Yeah, he's um, like, huh. And all of all, they. Lure out the mob into a narrow alley. Is it the mob or is it, it's the mob, right? It's the mob, yeah. Okay, I thought it was Michael the police. Michael represents the mob. I thought he was supposed to be the police. No, he represents the mob in them. Okay, alright. Um, Man, I missed that part. Shit. Yeah, because they're worried They're worried about the mob taking over yes, the sex work music. Yeah. That's the whole... So Clybone lures them all out. He's got Jack's head. Yeah. Stuffed full of explosives. Yep. So he blows. he blows it up on them. And then they just gun down the mafia in the alley. <laughs> yeah, which is like, it's a cool little scene where like they have this big final gun shootout, and yeah. like Clive Owen reveals that he really loves Gale. Yeah, he is the woman for him. His Valkyrie woman. Yeah, which means that like Dwight's history or like life of being kind of a rebellious criminal that needs chaos, I think, is something that'll never really leave him. Yeah. And so, and then it kind of just ends on that. Yeah, it We're, ends with um, it ends with Alexis Bledel's character going mm -hmm. to the hospital. That would have been the original cut one, right? The original ending of the movie is Josh Hartnett. Um, Josh Hartnett's assassin character meeting her in yeah, uh, an story. elevator. Yeah, where she's like, "Oh, this is the cute doctor here," and he's yeah. like, "Now run, he's Hitman, he's Agent Forty Seven, get the fuck out of here." You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and that's the movie. That is Sin City by Sin Robert City. Rodriguez, which. Like, watching it now, I realized it inspired me a lot when I was a teenager. Yeah. And that, like, I remember being like, I take some, like, comfort in when back then I was like, man, I don't know if I could ever write a story this, like, intricate with all these characters that cross paths and, like, this this world that these characters are in. And I'm happy to say that, like, fucking 16 years later that I could I could write circles around this world and characters <laughs> and, have, and just have, like, a field day writing characters in Sin City. It is not that complex necessarily of a world, but I like that it, there is a world there for characters to play around in. Because it's yeah. a big playground for a bunch of sort of like comic book tropes to be told on their, kind of on the flipped on their ears. You know? It's like yeah. Frank Miller made a comic book world that didn't have superheroes, but had regular people with superhero-like tendencies. Yeah, you know? no, 100%. And, it, and like, it, it's a great movie, and it has some really great shots in it. Um, the extended scenes that we saw in this, I don't really feel it added much. Uh, in no, my opinion, I didn't even notice there were extended scenes. I kind of yeah. thought those would be like I haven't seen this in so long. I thought those were just a part of the main cut of the movie. Yeah, no, there, there's not tons. Yeah, um, and I kind of I like how the three main vignettes are told. Yes, I would have left the bookend 
of yeah. apartment ones. Exactly. Because it ties, it opens it really well and ends it really well. I totally um, agree. I would have done that as well, honestly. And like, when it comes to notes for this, the only thing I really can add to this is that like, it's just the, the most memorable part is that this has this stacked cast. It to me feels like a super high budget stylized stage play. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, to me, it just feels like a, it feels like a Hollywood. Yeah. Like love letter, like is all the best, all the up and like big actors at the time, because that's when Clive Owen was coming up. That yep. was when Josh Hartnett was big. That was when you know. Mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke was making his comeback because I think like because of this movie Clive Owen got to do the movie Shoot 'em Up and Shoot 'em Up is super fucking fun. Oh, Shoot 'em Up is hilarious. It's so good, man. If that's not on our list, it should be. It's, <laughs> it's a great film. It's not, but I mean, right? Our list is ever changing. It's true. It's that true. being said, I think it's time to draw the next film. I think so as well. Uh, you, this was your film. This was my film right? that I picked. Yes. So, so it was your pick. Alright, so I will draw, if I'm wrong, if we're remembering this incorrectly, Who cares? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, we're well, just having fun. Yeah. I gotta say though too, uh, if you want a bit of nostalgia and a bit of a, um, a, a slice of a time, uh, watch Sin City. Yeah. You definitely get, go and watch Sin City. Like, yeah. if you're not watching these movies before we talk about them, like, you guys should. <laughs> True. Alright, I'm gonna draw it on them. ASMR for all you ASMR people. A little bit, a little bit. Small people don't know. Small people don't know. This is disturbing as the age gap between Cardigan and fucking Nancy. <laughs> one part I did not really like. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah, it's. I didn't notice it. The biggest thing was I didn't notice it the, first, the last time I saw this. <laughs> I but, know, I noticed it da, so da, much da, da. this time. Ah. And it's 28. Our, yes, our next film will be. Another one of mine. Okay. Um, starring the uh, amazing Christopher Walken. Oh. As a fallen angel. Oh my god. We are watching 1995's The Motherfucking Prophecy. We're watching 1995's The Prophecy. Yeah. I've never seen this. You've film. never seen this movie? Never seen so it. So good. Okay, cool. My sister introduced me to this movie. The sequels, so there's like eight sequels. Wow. And Christopher Walken is in a few of them. Okay, cool. Um, not so bad. I haven't seen... This is another movie that I haven't seen in at least, like, 15 years. Fuck. So I'm excited. All right, well, catch us next time on Random Cinema, which you can also see us on Instagram uh, at Random Cinema Podcast. Check us out there. There's lots of great promos. But, yeah. Uh, I guess... Our archive of promos that bring put so much work into I do. I work hard on those uh, things. Please check us out. Please comment. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. Yeah. Give us a like wherever, whatever platform you're listening on. Any sort of interaction helps us so much. Please... Tell your wife. Tell your kids. <laughs> Tell your mom and dad. Um, Also, if you want to hear us keep talking about other shit that isn't movies, Mm -hmm. we host a podcast called Invincible Principle. Yes. The Theories of Invincible, where we go volume by volume through the epic saga of Robert Kirkman's Invincible. Absolutely. It's a a great little show. But till then, uh, join us next time where we'll be talking about The Prophecy, man. Yeah, 1995's The Prophecy. Booyah. That's Random Cinema. Bye-bye. Bye.